ladies and gentlemen, welcome, welcome, welcome to episode 122? Is that yeah. what you told me? 122 <laughs> of Eat it? Sleep Podcast Repeat. I genuinely can't. I thought we were 10 episodes back from this, basically. It is Eat Sleep Podcast Repeat FM 99 and the Fox's first and only wrestling podcast. I am Sean Hood. That is Dave Taylor. Hello. And we're here to hear and talk about wrestling and, and all sorts of wrestling type things with you today. We've got lots going on. We're going to give you a review of Crown Jewel. And uh, we get an interview with a one of the women of wrestling, Jungle Girl, who is a sweetheart, by the way. Uh, we're going to be talking with her a little later on, too. But first, we've got to get the business out of the way. As I said, this is FM 99 and the Fox's first and only wrestling podcast. So head on over to FM99.com and 1069thefox.com and go right under the media tab. ESPR links you to our most recent episode which will take you to our SoundCloud. We're on SoundCloud as well as most of your major podcasting apps, so just search ESPR Wrestling. We should come right up. Subscribe, and please give us a five-star rating and a review. It helps us out greatly. We do appreciate it. All the times you guys share our stuff and talk about it, it's genuinely very, very helpful. We do appreciate it. And, of course, you can keep in touch with us on social media and everything, facebook.com slash ESPR99, on the Twitter at ESPR99, or email us ESPR at FM99.com. And without further ado, Dave... That uh, a do a do Dave. Uh, that kind of brings us to Dude, I mean, Dave really, Rocks. Yeah, new Dave, new Dave Rocks. I <laughs> <laughs> said new Dave. Sorry. That's that's good. I like that. Same um, as the old Dave. Yes. Same as the old Dave. We uh, really this show's going to be broken into two sections, and we're going to yep. start it off with our. Well, I'm going to you know what? I'll just do this real fast. Just All quick right. uh, breaking news thing here. So. Yeah. Breaking news. Breaking news. WWE 2K20 still sucks. So. That's still out there. They didn't send the patch yet. Well, they're Night. working on the patch. It's going to take them like probably two weeks. Yeah, they said it'll be out in two weeks. The game shouldn't have been out if you weren't going to be able to do that. There's no chance you got that past testers without it, without it being bad. There's zero chance. So, in any event, uh, the game still sucks. Don't worry about it yet. I will let you know when that patch is out and what they have addressed. So Good, because maybe I'll, I'll... Save your money until at least that point, and I will tell you what uh, what's happened. Right. In any event... Uh, that takes us to our main thrust this evening, this afternoon, whatever it is when you're listening to this morning, I don't care. It is our review of WWE Crown Jewel, and I have a very similar feeling about that show, too. I, just, I don't care. Yeah, like, fix the glitch. Yeah. All right, um, I'll start with the uh, the pre-show Battle Royal, since it had a factor into to later in the show. Okay. Uh, the D20-man Battle Royal, which um, Luke Harper, by the way, very over. Very uh, <laughs> over, and I don't understand why, which I'm not against it. I just don't understand why. Yeah, uh, but they but they love him in Saudi Arabia. By the way, this might have been the best Saudi crowd they've had so far. It, they were into the show. They were well, really I, into the I, show. Which, which I, I think helped. I think some maybe segments. some regularity of performing over there is starting to help them kind of get in tune to the shows yeah. and how, how how they react and everything. But, but it's weird to hear it like the chants in English. <laughs> I mean, yes and no. I, I Most mean, places a, a around bit. the world speak English. They, they, they do, but I mean, you, you know. always have the feeling it's like when you're in another territory, you know. Right, yeah, I get it. You know, because like, you know, like when they wrestle in France, like all the announcements were in French. You know? Right, I get it. But, uh, but, but the announcements are in English. The though. crowd was, I'll give the crowd a hand because the crowd yeah. was very hot for this yeah. show. So good for them. I like yes. that a lot. Uh, the setup, of course, looked like the Crown Jewel setup. So nothing really big different there. <laughs> uh, 20-man battle royal. I, I, I didn't care. I, I knew right away the only person that was going to win this was Humberto Carrillo. That was the only option. Well, um, yeah, because we, we, we recorded this show a week ago. Yeah. And, and one thing, we said Kevin Owens at the time, which I should have known. This is my bad because I yeah. brought it up. He doesn't do these shows. Right, I forgot about that. So so had, had Kevin been at the show, he would have been a guy, but Umberto, right. who wrestled him you know, on, on Raw. Right, okay. we, well, beforehand, unfortunately, we'd forgotten that. And we didn't even have the full list of guys who were going to be in No, we, we didn't point, know, but so we, but we recorded before Umberto right. wrestled him because Owens came out. And it was like, once once that became the thing, I was like, okay, well, it's clearly going to be Umberto. Yeah. Like, that's obviously going to be the way. Hey, at least he won a match, finally. I, yeah, he, <laughs> he won a battle royal, and that's cool. But then he went on, and we'll just jump right to it, I guess. Why? Why not yeah. do it? Because he jumped. He, later on in the evening, he takes on AJ Styles for the U.S. title, and loses in. I, I mean, a good match. It, it, it was. Yeah, it was good. It, it was good. It wasn't great. It was. It was good. And the problem is, it's like, okay, well, now he's lost three decisive singles matches, and it's not like the OC is helping AJ win. He's just winning. Yeah, which it, is good for AJ. Good for AJ. But it's not great for Humberto. He's really kind of trying to establish himself, and he's losing all the time. Yeah, like that's not. That doesn't really help. Why do we? Why do we always think this lovable loser type thing is the way to go? Like we're gonna come up short on all these matches, but you know he was up against AJ Styles yeah. and Seth Rollins. I mean that's hey, here, you know, that speaks Russell, for itself. Yeah. No, no, it doesn't. If we're no. supposed to take him seriously, present him seriously, give yeah. him some wins. I'm not saying he has to beat AJ and Seth. Yeah, but give him some other matches. Let him go in there against 
you know, I, I pick pick a guy, Zach Ryder, uh, exactly. Cesaro, who's not allowed to win anything anymore. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. let him let him go against somebody else and pick up a win and look good. You know, but in any event, Battle Royal was what it was, and the U.S. title match was okay. Yeah, uh, I'm trying to figure out like who's a, like a like a bad guy jobber, but there really isn't one. I don't like. I mean, you don't even need Madden. bad guy jobbers. We just put him in there with anybody. I mean, yeah. you know, it doesn't have to be a, a. It doesn't have to be a bad guy. Yeah, you know. Yeah, Again, I mean, he could he could take on Zack Ryder. He could take on Akira Tozawa. He could take on Kurt Hawkins. He could, I mean, it doesn't always have yeah, to be I, a bad I, guy. To fight fight a anybody brother, from the B team. I mean, yeah. I guess it depends on what show they're on, but it, exactly. Technically, here he could have wrestled anybody because they're all there. Yeah. All right. So the match officially opened. With um, what you want, I guess was, we thought it was the, you thought it was the main event. <laughs> I swear to God, I thought it was going to be, but then once I saw it, I was like, "Oh, now I get it. Yeah. Now I understand why it was not the main event because we were going to give it a whopping two minutes." Yeah, two and minutes and ten seconds. Two minutes and ten seconds Brock of Lesnar. essentially an MMA fight. Yeah, I think it was Jeffrey who said that was like how it was. Was it basically played out like an MMA match and not a wrestling match? And he's right, and to a degree, I I like that. Yeah. But I need it to be a little more than what it was for that to work. I need to see. I need. I need there to be viciousness if that's going to work. It needs to look brutal. Like that's why the Brock Lesnar Goldberg thing worked, even though it was short. Yeah, it was because it looked hard hitting and brutal. This didn't. It looked like Kane was going to throw a couple of light throws here and there, and then some punches here and there, and then all of a sudden Kimura. This, this, yeah, this, this t- storytelling wasn't there like we had in Brock and Goldberg, and I was like shocked. And like you said, if you take it like a, as an MMA fight. Okay, yeah. the, the length is fine. Not, yeah, to, for not sure. that I expected this to go like more than five minutes. I, what's funny is we'll have a conversation about this later, but I think they should have swapped the times on this match and the Tyson Fury Braun Strowman match. I think that would have served us much better at that point. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, Brock Brock wins by submission, which and I'm like, well, okay, so what do you do with Kane now? <laughs> yeah, I mean it's fine. Kane, I mean really, they're they're establishing he's just getting his feet wet in in pro wrestling and everything. So I mean, it's not a big deal that he lost, but he's gonna have to go away for a little while, train some more, come back, and yeah. then he's gonna have to come back and get some decisive wins. Yeah, I I, I thought I thought he looked okay. He looked for, fine for, for the what two he was minutes doing. because yeah, because fine. it was a brawl. You know, yeah. it, it fit the style. But, but the key like, is he just didn't have a chance to shine. He no, just went out there and looked like, okay. Yeah. He, didn't, he didn't embarrass himself, but it wasn't exciting, and it was over yeah. like that. So, yeah. I mean, I mean, really, if I got to grade that match, it's probably getting like a D or something like that. Yeah. You know? Yeah, nothing special. Uh, next, the biggest ever tag team turmoil match for the WWE just Tag Team World Cup. Couldn't so, bring myself to care. It was it, – it literally felt like like – you see all these teams and it's impressive, and then the second they're all out there, you're like, "Oh, most of these don't matter." Uh, well, well you, you knew like guys like Lucha House Party didn't have a, like, Hawkins and Ryder didn't have a chance. The B team didn't have a chance. Right. Um, I thought the OC didn't have a chance, and boy, was I surprised. I thought the OC didn't have a chance either. <laughs> I mean, they got the quick win, you know, over uh, was it who was it was it New Day? Yeah, the New Day. Quick win over New Day. They got beat up by the Revival, yeah. who they beat. Um, but then. The Viking Raiders come out, who are last. And I was like, what? what is it? Lately, WWE's done this. What is it with their gauntlet-style matches and putting people you're supposed to cheer yeah. in the last spot? That's not how it works for baby faces, whether they're underdogs or they're supposed to be fighting badass you know, champions or, or, yeah. or type characters. They're supposed to be earlier and fight their way through. It would have made more sense for the Viking Raiders to come out have a long fought match with the with the New Day or something, yeah, or yeah. the Revival or somebody. Yeah. Then the OC comes out and capitalizes on the fact that they're tired and wins, and then they can brag and they've got nothing to really brag about because they're heels. Exactly. Just, it just didn't make any sense, and none of the action was great. No, no, I, because some of it got rushed because you know, yeah. okay, we gotta get these guys out of here. Um, I mean, the OC in the Viking Raiders part was fine. It was fine, you, you but know, again, it, it was it was four or five minutes of, of action, and it yeah. was and it never got a chance to be great. And then all of a sudden, like. Oh my gosh! Like, and it's like, over. He's gonna kick out, and then he didn't. I was like, "Well, you okay?" So that so, just makes your raw tag team champions look pretty weak. Yeah, and considering that these guys were like, like not the guys, but guys that you look to, the, okay, these these guys are gonna set the bar. In the it division. is not every day that WWE can have two different sets of champions look bad in one match. <laughs> yeah, by having them lose a non-title match. That's yeah. wow. Yeah, because <laughs> revival didn't beat anybody. No, they, they were came the out third and lost team. to a team who had already been in the match for a while. Yeah. Yeah, who beat Heavy Machinery. Yeah, which who probably, to me, New Day and and Heavy Machinery was probably the most entertaining part of the show for me. They do mesh up pretty well. Yeah, that was fun. And Otis is over everywhere. (laughs) Everybody (laughs) loves Otis, and that cracks me up. Yeah. You know, but whatever. You know, again, I I didn't love the turmoil thing as a whole. 
The OC winning is, is kind of cool, I guess, because it gives them a bragging point and it gives them something. It, it gives them something. But, but again, it just the way it was done was didn't make any sense. Yeah, were they going to carry that trophy everywhere until you know, the, the, what the Viking Rangers going to come out and be like, oh, you stole our trophy. When, no, you lost cleanly. You know, yeah. it wasn't like it was some, you know, cheap win. And it's a bummer because the Viking Raiders finally started to seem to be catching on. Yeah. <laughs> and we do this to them, which I'm like, great, kill that momentum, why don't you? Yeah. You know, because when they came out, I was surprised there were people in Saudi Arabia doing the, the devil horns thing, <laughs> chanting war, 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 which is their thing. Yeah. And I was like, oh, finally, they're starting to catch. Even in Saudi Arabia, these guys are starting to catch on a little bit. And then that happened. Yeah. And you're like, oh, my God, just take all the bloom off the rose. Why don't you? Well, one of the guys really over in Saudi Arabia, Mansoor. Oh, man. Okay, I'm going to say it right now. Match of the night, which not a high bar to reach, but they still had a very good match. Very Mansoor competitive. And, and Cesaro had a very good match together. Cesaro could wrestle. We've heard this expression before, but he could wrestle a broomstick yeah. and have a great match. The dude is amazing, and he deserves better than what they've done with him. But I say deserves better. He deserves his job, and he deserves to get paid. And he deserves to be respected and, and compensated well for what he does because yeah. he's so good. I would like to see them do more with him. That's more clo- That's more accurate to what I should. And, and I don't know if it's that situation where like like he's always going to be good. Yeah. But may- maybe there's just a, like that one thing that they see like, well, people like him, but then when he's in that situation, he's not. But we've never over. given him the chance to get yeah. there. So it's like, how do we know that he's not there? Yeah. Because we've never tried. Like we threw Jinder Mahal in a world title feud and and had him win. We can't just throw Cesaro in just to see what happens and try and see you don't have to make him champion, but at least throw him in a match and see how the crowd responds. He, he did Kofi for six months. Yeah. And, 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 and the he, crowd responded yeah, great. Yeah. I think Cesaro would have a great groundswell support if he got in that yeah. role because I think people genuinely want to cheer for Cesaro because yes. the dude always entertains people. And, and well and, and the thing is because he's like the working man's worker because he yeah. works and and he's naturally strong. It's I mean, almost against him at this point. The the gut rich suplex off the top rope. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. And, and I love the spot where they did the second time, which turned mm-hmm. the power bomb, which didn't expect. No, which was well done. Monsoor, by the way, some innovative stuff. I love yeah. that springboard over the ropes into the neck breaker. Like that was cool. Yeah, uh, he had some cool stuff. Monsoor, we're we're talking a lot about about Cesaro here, who was great. He did a great job. But let's not forget about Monsoor, who a got a hero's welcome in his home in where he's from, yeah. uh, Saudi Arabia, and. He stepped up. He looked really good in this match. I don't think it was all Cesaro. Mansoor looked good as well. Yeah. And this was a coming out party for him. Now the key is going to be follow-up. We need to learn about this guy. We need to have reasons to care about this guy. Other than just he's Saudi Arabian and we're going to use him for these shows. Yeah. Uh, because he could be somebody you can get behind. Yeah, I, I know people are complaining, oh, Cesaro lost. No, Cesaro was the right opponent in this situation for, for Mansoor. Sometimes like people get upset about wins and losses, and you, you got to look at the you know the certain situations mm-hmm. of things where, where people complain like ah you know Sasha didn't win or whatever else or you know why, why is this person you know it's uh, you know it's like because that you know you're not going to pull the plug off of your top guys although you did with uh, the Vikings the yeah. Raiders but uh, you know it's it, Cesaro Cesaro's in the different Win, spot right now. I'm going to say this, wins and losses matter, but they matter depending on what you're trying to do with somebody. Yeah. If you have no plans for them, then it's not a big deal, really. You know, if they lose, because yeah. you're not doing anything with them. But if you have plans for them, then they absolutely matter. Because yeah. somebody, somebody complained that like Becky beat uh, Carrie Sane. It's like ah, Becky winning again. It's like Carrie Sane just beat her two weeks ago. Were you not paying attention? Yeah. Well, and on top of which, <laughs> you know, for all intents and purposes, Becky should beat Kyrie Sane. Yeah. Becky is kind of the pinnacle of the women's division right now. Yeah. So Becky should be beating most other women. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Roman Reigns is. I mean, you know, it's oh, pretty I much thoughts on that. Yeah, we'll get to that. Yeah. Uh, the next match, uh, Tyson Fury defeating Braun Strowman by countout. We're not going to talk about this much because it was embarrassing. It was far too long. Was it eight, nine minutes, ten minutes? Eight minutes. It yeah. felt longer. <laughs> it was. It was. It was not good. They they absolutely should have swapped the times on this and the Kane Velasquez Brock match because at least Kane and Brock, I had the I had the I had the thought process that they could entertain. It may yeah. not have been pretty all the time, but I think it could have been entertaining. Whereas this, this was not even entertaining it for the majority Tyson. of it. Tyson. Oh, horribly. It, it, horribly. You know, I, I did it a great job. I thought of like saying, oh, you know, of, of backing it up, uh, you know, Corey and, uh, and Cole, because I, cause what else could you do in that situation? Right. Uh, but should have been shorter. I didn't mind the ending. However, it should have been more of like a sucker I didn't punch. Mind, yeah, I didn't mind the ending either necessarily. The the issue I have was everything that led up to it. It was, it yeah. was too long, and so there's, I don't care. I, I'm just By the time we get to that ending, I'm just like, oh, thank God it's over. Yeah. Um, and I, and I don't know, like if Tyson can like eat or knows how to take bumps 
or is I'm sure I mean, is kind of restricted because because when, so when he took one of the the dry buys or whatever the hell that uh, Bronx the run yeah the running run shoulder down, block yeah, the yeah. dry buys is uh, is uh, Reigns but yeah because um, like one of I, I did like the counter I thought that was a great counter yeah. I thought that was the best that Tyson looked but the second one where he kind of went down and he just, you know he, yeah he clearly doesn't know how to take a bump very well. <laughs> The uh, and I get that he's not used to it. It's yeah, awkward. Yeah. It's, it's and, and he's a big guy. I mean, when yeah. he came out in, in the out in the tire, yeah, I was like, you don't want to talk about an intimidating looking guy. I mean, just being so tall and then just dressing up and just you're like, well, damn, I ain't gonna mess with this guy. And then he gets in there and you're like, well, okay, he can't go. <laughs> yeah, I, he. Don't get me wrong. If we're talking straight fight, I'm betting on him over Braun all yeah, day yeah, because yeah. this guy can box his, his ass off yeah. and Braun wouldn't stand a chance. Yeah. But I mean, no wrestling, he can't go. And I think the problem is, again, and this is something I'm noticing sometimes, is that the journey to the, the, the path to get to the end made it so that I wasn't invested in the ending. I was invested in it ending. Yeah. You get what I mean? Yeah. So, and, and that, that little change is very important <laughs> in that situation. So, anyways, go ahead. All right. Uh, next match, we talked about AJ Styles and Humberto. We did that one, yep. All right. Uh, one that um, this, this was announced after we recorded the show, um, although I think we both would have picked Natalia. Um, but Natalia yeah. defeating Lacey Evans in a match, which to me was like more like an exhibition than yeah, a match. Yeah, it was absolutely an exhibition match. It was fine. It, it was... reminded me of um, when Triple H fought John Cena, like the first match at one of the Crown Jewels or one of the first Saudi Arabia events where, you know, they would counter. They never really got going and it yeah, just kind of, it but, was middle of the road. But it was like, but it was your generic, like, I wouldn't say a warm up match because this was in the middle of the card. Right. But like, but it was, but it had the counters. It had, it, it wasn't going to be like, you know, overly cute right in regards to like you know somebody's gonna do a high spot here because it was i mean there was a couple of high spots where you know the crowd was probably like holy crap i think they we got one of like you know one of those chants when lacey evans did the the reverse moonsault off the top rope mm-hmm. um i i will say this because i've been you know watching wrestling for a long time but it it just felt really emotional and you could feel like you, you could see that was the, the key woman. yeah that, that i i tweeted this while i was watching it that I you know I'm very critical of these crown jewel shows. Yeah. I I don't like the deal WWE struck, and that's that's its own thing. But watching the reactions on the faces of the little girls and the women who were there in attendance, seeing Natalia and Lacey yeah. make their way out and then wrestle, really almost made the whole show worth it. Because just seeing that genuine emotion and enjoy and happiness on, on yeah. their faces at seeing something they never thought they'd get to see. And really, probably sparking some dreams for a lot of girls in that audience yeah. was a big deal. You know, it was a really, really big deal, and and it, so that that by itself carried the match for me. Yeah, I th- I think that like the biggest takeaway of the event for me. Is, by the is, way, real quick, there was one d bag. If you go back and watch it, who when Lacey Evans is coming out, throws a water bottle at her. <sighs> one d bag, but I'm going to say this right now. Generally speaking, there's that one d bag in almost every show, and considering they were wrestling in a place that is known for having a less than stellar human rights record, especially when it comes to women as well. Uh, that crowd was extremely uh, welcoming to Lacey and Natalia. Yeah, yeah, they were. I was very happy about it, that. It, it was smart. It, it, by the way, I like, if this is the Lacey Evans we're going to get, I like this Lacey Evans. If no, it, this won't be it. You just got this because this was... This yeah. was this was what but, it was, but, but it, 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 because I and I kind of wish I heard Natty were in the same show because mm. I kind I kind of like them together. I right. don't know why. Yeah. No, I get it. Almost like a teacher student thing. Yeah, I get you know. it. And, and if I they, like, they have a more believable teacher student kind of chemistry than Rhonda and Natalia there. Yeah, do. which is weird because Rhonda and Natalia actually have. I know. <laughs> I, I know. And these two don't. But but again, the match was okay. But it was really the emotion. Yeah, and the it, mo- the moment it created. It's, yeah, that it's, was more it's, it's it's yeah. it's it's you know it's five stars on the moment. Yeah, the match is two and a half because it's it's just a run through of a basic right, stuff. Yeah. Um. But by the way, but congratulations to those two, and because I didn't see anybody complain like, well, why is it those two and not somebody else? No, but, agreed. Because uh, Natalia's been there for a long time. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I feel like they kind of like treat her in, in a great way. You know, she kind of gets like certain props or whatever else because yeah. she's you know maybe the teacher. Well, I mean, remember last time it was supposed to be they had the rumors it was going to happen again, and I think it was going to be Bailey and Sasha. Yeah. I think, if I'm not mistaken, and it ended up not. Yeah, and which not, you know not, is what it is. Yeah, and not, you can't have you know heels out there, right? And whatever Lacey's a tweener or whatever she is, or yeah. maybe next week it's this and that. Next week it's following. And, and Lacey, it's good. Yeah, uh, because her and Natalia have been working hard, and 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 they've been working together because I think Natalia's been training her mm-hmm. more, so it worked out. Because you definitely knew Natalia was calling the match. By the way, just as a random side note, real quick, we're recording this on Friday midday, and uh, tonight is SmackDown. Yeah. 
Uh, did you have have you have you been aware? Did you see the news that yeah. uh, only twelve wrestlers have managed to get out of Saudi Arabia so far? The rest of them have been detained. Yeah, I, I oh, so I, I didn't see like what was it? So those they were told to get off the plane because something was going on. They had to check the plane for something. I don't know why, and they were told they weren't going to be able to get out of there till later. And so now the problem is that when that story broke, they're really they were really close to the cutoff. Yeah. Of not making it back in time for SmackDown, so SmackDown may be a little light on people tonight. They may have to fill it in with some Raw people, uh, and if that happens, it happens. Just give them a break. They're doing the best they can. I'm just going to put that out there now. Well, so yeah, it'll be interesting well, to see how they handle this. Well, was, that was well, Crown Jewel obviously had stars from both shows, but you obviously not. But Kevin Owens didn't make the trip, right? Daniel Bryan didn't make the trip, so you might get a thirty. You have minute some match. people, but like Roman Reigns was there, which yeah. who's yeah, you might get a thirty minute match. You're right, something along those lines. I don't know. We'll see what happens. It just might it might be a little lighter than you expect tonight on talent. Yeah. Hey, two hundred five live guys invade some, uh, SmackDown. That's right. <laughs> NXT takes over SmackDown, hey, which hey. actually, you know what? It was announced they're going to be a part of Survivor Series yeah. for the first time ever. So maybe this is the time to do it. You know <laughs> well, what I mean? Which, In- insert man, them. I-, I think it's great, and it may refresh that show. And hey, be interesting how you they- think it's great until Adam Cole has to take the pin for either the Fiend or Brock Lesnar? <laughs> we'll talk about that ah, crap. later. Well, we'll talk about one of those guys yeah. later. All right, so uh, the big uh, ten man tag match, which Alana showed up, so big step there, but uh, yeah, yeah, nobody yeah. cared. But uh, Team Hogan versus uh, defeating I, Team. I'm Flair. not gonna lie to you, I fell asleep during this match. I not, I nodded off at one point, and I woke up, and I was like, "Oh God, Reigns is still in there." And uh, I well, just, yeah, because it was Al, or, yeah, Ali getting the beat down, or whatever. He got a beat down, and then eventually they got Reigns in, and then he kind of yeah. did a Superman comeback. I mean, really, this whole thing, this whole thing was built around making him look like a superhero. And I get it; it's is these things are essentially glorified house shows. I understand that with some spectacles type type stuff mixed in. It, it, but it, it was it was fine. I, I thought it was middle of the road at best. I mean, I, I, at least I did like. I mean, you, you know, the spots are always going to come in there in these big multi-man matches where everybody yeah. has their finisher. But I mean, it, but it, at least it was help, nice that the you know good guys got to help out Roman, if you will. You know, out yeah. did this and you know. Oh, but, I get it. I just you know, but you know, it's it's a story we've seen before, and I'm not excited about it. And again, I get it. it again, these are done like big house shows, so I yeah. mean, you were going to get that kind of happy cookie cutter ending. I understand that. You it know, just wasn't I, great. I, I mean, they did tease Bobby and Rusev. They 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 got to make Rusev. I mean, I mean, I know he's he's a face, but like you when you bring him back for no way, for no reason. That crap on Monday was so bad. Yeah was so bad. Well, now we're supposed to cheer for sex addict Rusev. Like, oh my god. Like just, it, I I hate everything about this. Oh, by the way, I hate everything about Shorty G too. That's dumb. Especially since I learned that it was his idea. Oh. Like he talked about how he had these ideas and he went to Vince over and over and over and over until Vince finally caved on the on the the gimmick. And I'm like, "Oh, oh god, you mean this wasn't his idea? <laughs> this wasn't Vince's plan?" And now again, that was one report I read. So we'll see if you know it, it could be real. It could not be real. But I, I, if that's true, I'm suddenly way less angry at yeah. WWE. <laughs> yeah. Although they should have protected him from himself. Yeah. And I just then all of a sudden I'm like, well, then Gable, you deserve whatever you get at yeah. this point. <laughs> so. it, which is a shame because because you know, the dude can go as oh, we know as we know for go, a couple yeah. of years with uh, Jason Jordan and Sheldon Benjamin. But uh, I'll be honest, when the match kind of started off with him and Shinsuke. I was like, oh, okay, maybe this is going to be good because yeah, they were yeah. kind of exchanging a little bit, looked good, and then it, it, it didn't. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of guys in that team, they got to figure out what they're going to do with uh, Rusev. And Steve Hogan gets the win predictably. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, well, you you thought Drew McIntyre maybe. I was hoping maybe Drew McIntyre, Drew but I knew that that wasn't pretty, pretty much a non-factor. <laughs> he really didn't look important, did he? No, yeah. no. They they teased us. Uh, I was really wor- I, I was worried that was going to happen. Oftentimes, when I make my picks, I'm going with what I, I like. I think I bet against myself. <laughs> Because I know there's no way Hogan's team is going to lose, but it, you know. It, it, it and Hogan and Flair, the, the Flair said he's, like, been cleared for some sort of, like, physicality. He was cleared for physicality. I think that was just to try and sell people on watching the match. You know, oh, maybe Flair's going to get involved, you know. And I, All right, uh, one, one match left. Oh, I'm sorry. You mean the <clears throat> main event of the evening. For the uh. Universal Championship, champion Seth Rollins defends against the Fiend Bray Wyatt in a Falls Count Anywhere match. With the match could not be stopped for any reason other than the fact that I watch his show late and fast forward through a lot of it. So. We really should have <laughs> stopped it earlier, though, because God, it dragged. Um, oh, my God. Okay, the red lighting, that, that's got to th- stop. That has got to stop. I hate it. I hate everything it, it, about it, it. Can you imagine the crowd there go like, what the hell is this? It you makes know? it hard to see. Yeah. 
It, it drowns out any any cool visual you have of his outfit is gone. Like you yeah. lose it in that flat red lighting. It's terrible. I hate that so much. Um, the, I mean, the one part that got a pop was and when it doesn't even on the make stage. Any, it doesn't even make any sense considering he. I thought maybe we were doing it for Hell in a Cell. Fine, Hell in yeah, a Cell yeah. and the red lighting and the red cage. Whatever. Fine. It's dumb, but fine. I didn't realize it was going to just be a thing with the fiend. Which I hate, especially since when we do these things where he attacks people, it's white strobe lights. Why wouldn't it be red lights? Yeah, makes no freaking sense. But we're gonna do it. Um, the match was plotting and boring. It was it was not entertaining for most of it. No, for a false count anywhere match, it was pretty bad. They they did what they could. Um, I'll give them credit for that. But they booked the same essential storyline they booked in the Hell in a Cell match, where Seth's gonna do nine, ten, fifteen, twenty, whatever it is, finishers or finisher type maneuvers. And the fiend's just going to keep popping back up. And I detest that because you can't do that. Because then how is anybody going to believably beat him at any point? You are setting this guy up to never be able to be beat. Brock Lesnar has not been that strong in his presentation. The Undertaker was never that strong in his presentation. And the Undertaker and, and Brock Lesnar at certain points in their careers have been thought of as unbeatable. Yeah. You know, so what are you supposed to do with this? How are you going to believe? What are they going to do? Hit him with a truck? Because that's the only thing I see working at this point. And please don't try that. Um, I'm, I'm just I don't like the presentation of that. Really, this whole thing built to the end where I was just thrilled because Bray Wyatt won. And I was like, yeah. you made the right call. Finally, Bray Wyatt won because you can't have the Fiend lose again. You, you know, and, and it sucks in a match like that because you can't see and you have to watch it on the, on the screen. So, you know, the crowd's like, can't be like, yeah. but they do the big spot like they always do where somebody falls into the electrical yeah. equipment. And they the saw the, the, the setup spot where Seth was sitting there and the Fiend popped up behind him and yeah. the crowd reacted big for it. And I was yeah. like, okay, cool. And then, you know, he gets the win, and it, it's it's great. Yeah, because he gets again, sparks go in his eyes, and Seth can't First of see. all, the moment would have meant so much more if we could have seen anything. I just, I hate it so yeah. much. And again, the match was just plotting and boring. I'm sorry, Seth Rollins has fallen off so much since, we, we talked about, uh, you know, for the longest times, um, Reigns with a Superman punch yeah. spear combo, and that's all he had. Nowadays, it feels like all Seth Rollins has is a super kick or a sidekick, whatever you want to call it, and a stomp. Like, it feels like that's all he does for huge portions of the match. Yeah. Towards the end, that's all he was doing for for a long time. And it just gets so tired so fast. What, what happened? I, I, I talked to a guy who used to be on the show, Erica. You might remember him. No, um, I've never heard of him. And, and we talked about it, and, and he, he said that, uh, like, maybe Seth should go heal. And yeah. I, I don't know if that fixes it, because right. it's weird, because, like, to me, like, you know, when Seth was heel before, I, I the only thing I didn't like was he, he kind of played the chicken a little bit or whatever right. else. He wasn't like the cocky heel, you know. And then there was a time when it was all Reigns, 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 and it's like, no, well, well, Rollins is you would be the guy right now. Make him the yeah. guy. And then they waited yeah. forever. Well, then again, it just doesn't seem like they have a plan. So once he gets there, it's like, okay, well now he's the guy. What do we do with him? Yeah. And then it's it's like they don't have a concrete idea. For me, do the double turn right now. Make Seth the heel. Make make the fiend your babyface. Yeah. I mean, because he's being treated like a babyface anyway. People are cheering for him and they want him to succeed. Yeah. He is the ba- he is the de facto babyface, whether you like it or not. It, 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 he's it, a character babyface, and he did he did get cheered there, and uh, which he's is cheered great. everywhere. I don't I can't remember the last time he was booed. I don't think was he ever booed. I don't think so. I mean, I don't think I think for, he's been cheered uh, yeah, consistently. Well, well, yeah, he wasn't booed. Well, I think even Seth had some boos. In the match. Oh, Seth did have some booze. You know, you know, Seth, absolutely. When, when Especially was, when he got to like the eighth, ninth curb stomp. Yeah, people on the were stage, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like, dude, at least mix it up some. Yeah. Do something. Yeah. Like, you, you, it just got so tired so fast. I just, mm. but in any event, so that was that was not great. Um, but again, the Fiend leaves the champion, so that'll be interesting to see how that happens tonight. If he gets there. Technically, he's, he's, he's a SmackDown yeah, star. Yeah, he's supposed to be on Miss TV. So we'll see what happens because yeah, he's supposed to be there. So like you got to remember him and Brock and yeah. a lot of those guys are SmackDown guys. Yeah, so so, so Miz wasn't at the show, so he's there. Um, yeah, yeah. So we'll see what know, happens. Daniel Bryan and um, we'll see. Maybe whoever else is on SmackDown, I don't know. Yeah, we'll see what happens. But that is Crown Jewel. I guess a five, maybe. I don't know. I, the there, five, there, maybe. There, there's just... nothing to go back and watch unless you want to see Mansoor versus Cesaro. Yeah, that's really it. Um, and I mean, I, the, the ladies' match is for the emotion. That's kind of how I feel too. Other than that, the show kind of dragged. I don't know. So I'm, I'm with you. I think a five, maybe. Yeah, I think a five. Yeah. So, I mean, not, is, I mean, is not the... good back-to-back we uh, special pay-per-views, whatever you want to call them. For yeah, uh, it, it's weird. WWE. Yeah, ever since the first two matches in Hell in the Cell, <laughs> it's just been. <laughs> <laughs> Not good. I'm really, really dreading Survivor Series at this point. 
So well, it, well, I, you got to figure. Although out. before Survivor Series, we've got full gear with AEW, so that's yeah. on the ninth. So we'll actually be doing a preview for that next week. Yeah, and then, <laughs> so. and then, you got, and then we got uh, War Games. Yeah, and War Games. Jeez, we got a lot going on coming up in November. Um, it's a busy month. Ty, give thanks for wrestling. Yeah, uh, for it's weird because everybody's like, because Ken Shamrock had a really nice, I think, tweet where it's like, you know, don't complain about like you know certain things or like don't feel bad for these wrestlers. Which which always bothers me, like the whole Randy Orton, like because he was teasing it, which I kind of thought was funny. You know, we had the elite thing and tagging wrestlers. Yeah, know? Randy. I mean, I would be completely shocked if he ever left WWE and go to AEW. He's a WWE guy. Uh, you know, uh, I would know. be shocked too. But there's been people before that have done that and shocked yeah. people because it was like, whoa, I thought he was a lifer. You know what I mean? I yeah. thought that was the way it was going to be. I mean, that was. I mean, think about when the first time Ric Flair showed up in WWF. Yeah, you know, I mean, that was nobody. He was an NWA guy. He was a. You know, that was. There's guys that we think of as lifers, and they end up going other places. I yeah. mean, Jericho. Everybody thought Jericho was a lifer for a long time, and then he ended up in Japan, which yeah. didn't seem like a big deal because he got permission. Yeah. And then he showed up in AEW, and it's, oh, okay, all, all right. It's yeah. a little interesting. So I don't know. You know, it's it's a matter of we'll see what happens, I guess. Uh, he has the money at this point, so it's not like he has to stay if he doesn't yeah. want to. And if he would like to try and do something else at the end of his career, I mean, I guess he could. It'd be interesting. I don't think he will, yeah. but it would be interesting. Yeah. I, I I think that would be a needle mover for sure. You know, it, it's it's weird because you know watching the shows and you know I I, I gotta admit like just just to the fan of me like the only thing I really kind of care about is more of the women's wrestling now than before, which I which mm-hmm. to me was like something I didn't care as much. Right. But you know the whole Becky, uh, you know the Page thing and um, yeah. you know, Carrie saying, but like the rest of the show. Like you know, the street profits are on there and, and whatever else, and I'm just like, oh, fast forward. Yeah, fast no, forward. I'm I'm pretty fast forwardy through Raw and SmackDown these days. I, I like NXT, I like AEW. Uh, I still want to check out NWA Power. I want to see what that's like. Um, I've heard some good things about it. Yeah, uh, so I want to check that out. Women of Wrestling, of course, is around. If you're if women's wrestling is your thing, go check it, that it, out. It, it, that has come a long way too. Yes, it has because it, it's been less you know glowy, if you will. Because even a couple years ago, when because um, I, I watched an old uh, Jungle Girl match when she fought Bambi. But like the presentation was like modernized glow from the eighties. Mm-hmm, yeah. But you know, but when you get that's updated, big and, time. and that was something that we I, I talked about with, with Jungle Girl is that you know now you got these other wrestlers coming in from other organizations, it's a lot different. Yeah. You know, and she's like you know, and she's older. She's been wrestling for twenty years. Well, she, don't give away everything you talk. You know, about. Well, that's a good tease. So <laughs> she says that she has to do this. There you go. We'll find out. There you go. As a matter of fact, we will find out because Dave did have the pleasure of speaking with Jungle Girl, and uh, we're going to give that to you right now. Uh, Jungle Girl from Wild Woman of Wrestling, and uh, the second season just started, and you're, you're going strong this season. What, what, what can you uh, tell me about the latest season of Wow? So we have a great mix of women on our roster. So a lot of powerhouses, a lot of high, fly, uh, high flyers. Um, we picked up some of the women from Impact Wrestling, a lot from the indie circuit. Uh, we have some homegrown girls that have been trained strictly through WOW with Selena Majors. Um, I am the last, well, actually, we have Lana Starr, who is from the original cast of um, girls from back in 1999, and myself. So I've been with the company for 20 years. Um, some new women, um, many that are returning, but we have an incredibly dynamic group, and what I'm thrilled about is that the talent just keeps getting better and better and so with the talent getting better that just kind of pushes the envelope so that each of us especially the veterans in the company have to elevate our game as well and get better along with it so it's really exciting the production value is top-notch on access tv we air on uh, saturday nights at 8 p.m eastern standard time it is really an awesome show and you mentioned you've been doing it for a while. And a little background for you, you mentioned like 1999. When you first got started, you trained, I think you were in uh, the UPW Wrestling School. And so your classmates were some pretty notable stars. I went to UPW after uh, WOW had folded. So originally, WOW was going and we were in syndication. So we were on different networks all around the country. The show folded. And then after that, I, I was so in love with the business and being in the ring that I pursued the independent circuit after that. So I went to UPW Ultimate Pro Wrestling in El Segundo, California. And so at the time, um, Johnny Nitro 
Johnny Mundo had just won WWE, uh, the uh, Tough Enough, and so he came in for a little bit. Uh, John Cena had gone through, uh, he was prototype at the time. Um, we had uh, Frankie Kazarian, who is now with AEW. Um, oh, my goodness, I can't even think of everybody that was there. The Miz was there. I traveled a lot with The Miz going to Arizona, and he's ob- as obnoxious then and now. <laughs> Um, yeah, has, so, has he, so, so he hasn't grown up at all then? He has not grown up at all. I, I've met him a couple of times. Uh, he's uh, been the uh, celebrity softball games and uh, for yeah. Major League Baseball. And so I, I've interviewed him a couple of times, and he stays in character, which, which I think works for him so well. Well, I think that really is who he is. I don't think it's really that far stretch <laughs> from who he is as a person. So he is really that kind of uh, arrogant um you know, childish-like, and it works for him. He's very, in his childlike, charming state, he's, uh, you know, he's he's charming nonetheless, but I'm so happy for him and all of his success. It's great to see guys that you've worked with, and, and you know, it's a tough business. It's tough to, to go on the road and get paid pennies and doing show after show and beating up your body, making, you know, pennies for doing it and then you know every once in a while you have a breakout star that makes it into the big time so it's exciting when you see that yeah and he's kind of become an ambassador for their brand which i which i think is great because i never would have expected that like 10 years ago when he first came on the scene i enjoyed him but i, I didn't expect that your background in wrestling I, I know i know they bill you from the edge of the columbian rainforest which i know is a little town called richmond virginia which is not far from where i am <laughs> where, well, where, I where live, did you I live in richmond virginia <laughs> No, so my mother, my mother is Colombian. Okay. And I actually, I actually lived in Colombia, South America for a period of time. But my mother is Colombian. So when I had first gone in, um, after we had had our tryouts, and I was asked to be part of the roster, and we were training in the facility at the time, we were, uh, we had a ring set up at the LA Forum, and we did all of our training there, and then our shows there. So I would go and I would work my day job and I would go in and train in the evening for three hours every night. And um, my my natural inclination was to climb up the turnbuckles and, and fly off and to do all these kind of power moves and high-flying moves. And so I remember one day I was they were asking me, hey, do you think you could jump off of the third turnbuckle and make it into like the second row of people? And I was like, without a doubt. And I flew off the ring and David McLean goes, that's our jungle girl. <laughs> so it just worked. What was your influence, uh, you know, growing up? I mean, was, was it the original glow? Was it, you know, uh, cause there wasn't a lot of great woman wrestling in the, in the nineties that was going on. I mean, there's, there's, you know, Alundra blaze Medusa, but it wasn't like a lot. Like what was your influence growing up? No, so for me, I liked, I mean, I watched, at the time I was watching WWF, and um, I loved the athleticism and the entertainment of it as a kid growing up. I mean, I just thought it was the greatest thing ever. And then, you know, you, you really gain a new perspective and a newfound respect for the business when you really understand the physicality that's involved with you know, being in the ring and working and just, you know, the slightest thing goes wrong and things can be devastating. Um, it really is a work of art. It is incredibly athletic and it's, um, it really is thrilling. I mean, it's a, it's a soap opera come to life with true athleticism and it's everything that I ever imagined plus more. But for me, like I love the Ricky steamboats and the Superfly snookas and, um, I don't know. I loved, I thought the splash was the greatest thing, you know, I'd ever seen. And I said, you know, I would like to be the female version of a Superfly snooker. That, that, that many female wrestlers do it. I, I only think of like Sasha Banks and I guess Alexa Bliss does some form of it. And I, I'm trying to think of others in, uh, you know, AEW or that were an impact. But uh, you do it barefoot, by the way. What was. It's, yeah. I mean, when they were like, you know, coming up with Jungle Girl, like, and they said, "Hey, can you do this barefoot?" Like, what went through your mind? They they didn't ask me. I actually trained barefoot. Wow! So I preferred instead of being in boots or sneakers, I liked the feel of the canvas underneath of my feet. I liked to feel the ropes when I was climbing up. I just 
I appreciated the feel of it more, and I felt like I was more one with the entire process. So when I went through training, I never wore shoes. So for me, it was just a natural fit to never wear boots. Yeah, when I, when I watched some of your matches, I, w- I went back and looked, and I know you're battling somebody with like um, with the, with the, you had a feud with like who had the best splash. But I think you were fighting Bambi, but like you, it just looks so natural. I mean, because you've been doing because not many guys do it barefoot. I, I I think there's one guy in NX, uh, NXT that does it, Matt, Matt Riddle, but like you just make it look so natural. I mean, have you had injuries with that, or you know, has it become you know just with the ropes or anything? No, you know, funny enough, I've never, my feet have never come into to play as far as any kind of injury that I've had. I've had several different injuries from uh, broken wrists, uh, torn rotator cuff, bicep head. Uh, I tore my quad on the road when I was overseas doing some uh, military tours. But um, other than that, I mean, it's, it's, no, my feet have always been fine. You know, a lot of times when you're in the ring, there's so much adrenaline going that you don't even feel uh, what's happening in that moment. And it's not until the next morning or later that evening where you're just, you know, questioning your existence in that, in that moment, because everything hurts. Yeah. And, um, you know, sometimes you are going, I mean, there's, there's sometimes where the match is just more aggressive, you know, depending on who you're working with and you're typically matching the aggression of the person that you're with. So it's, um, you know, there's some matches that have been a little bit, they're never easy, yeah. but have been a little bit lighter um, feeling. And then there are some that are just, I mean, you're going, you know, all out. And, I mean, you're killing one another in there. You, you giving receipts out whenever you can or, <laughs> you know. Hey, you know, receipts happen. <laughs> Not often. I don't uh, – you know, I don't get messed with very often. Uh, one of the things that you've done outside the rings is uh, you're a best-selling author. Yeah, so I wrote a book called Eat That Monkey, um, which I had actually used it as a kind of a workbook for going into companies and talking about personal responsibility and accountability for self. Um, I've been in the fitness industry my entire life, and so for me, I've had a great opportunity to, to work with, thousands of people over the last 25 years that I've been in the business. Um, And it's really just saying, hey, listen, if there's something that you want for yourself, what are you willing to do to get it? And the biggest component of that is, you know, you desire something. There's an action that's necessary to get it, but it's the focus part of it. So even when you don't feel like doing it, you do it anyway, because what you want is the most important thing. So the book kind of talks about accountability and talks about, listen, don't look in the mirror and, you know, despise what you see. It's more than just the aesthetic, but if there's something that you can do differently, then be willing to do it. Otherwise, don't complain about it. And, and that's probably been, like, throughout your career, you've kind of lived with that. Uh, right? It is. It absolutely is. I believe um, that we like to live in the victim mentality, um, and that goes for, you know, most people. And the unfortunate thing is if you stay in that space, then you're never going to be better than that moment. And I believe that, you know, if people can lift themselves up from the, the worst case scenario that, you know, most people are capable as long as they have a vision for themselves and a direction that they can better themselves, period. So I'm not a very, um, while I'm very sympathetic, I'm also um, of the of the mindset that you got to let go of the victim mentality and you got to do something. And uh, I don't feel sorry for myself. I'm a very happy person and um, I'm a very deliberate person. And the things that I want, I go after it, but I'm willing to do what it takes to get it. And that's in and out of the ring. Uh, and I feel that most people, more people, need to have that kind of mindset as well. I, I, I love that attitude. Have you been watching... Because uh, obviously, work with the, with David like the seasons of Glow on Netflix. Oh yeah, I love them. I absolutely love them, and it's it's great to get a little glimpse into you know how they portray him in yeah. in the show. So it's uh, it's it's great. Yeah, you know, he, I've gotten to know him fairly well over the last twenty years, and um, it's uh, you know there's a lot that you see in the show where you're like, yeah, I can see it. But he's really a great guy. And listen, a tribute to somebody who is 
persistent. You know, there's been a lot of no's between where we had left off first and to where we are today. And what I appreciate and what I respect tremendously is a man who's got a, has this vision and is unwilling to accept anything less than, than that vision. So there are TV deals that he could have taken. There are countless, you know, offers that he had, but they were not in line with what his vision was. So now you have Jeannie Buss, owner of the Lakers, extraordinary woman, smart businesswoman, you know, who gets involved and then access TV and you have all of the, the executives and the producers and Jeannie and David who are on the same page for the first time. And now we have this extraordinary product. It's great. It's amazing. And it seems that, you know, women's wrestling has has come a long way with you guys. And then, like, the biggest star in the business outside of WoW is Becky Lynch. I mean, is it amazing that, like, you know, women's wrestling is, is kind of on top in 2019? I love it. Listen, and I think that WoW is the catalyst for all of that happening. I mean, even though our wrestling at the time back in 1999 is certainly not what it was, you know, what it is today, you know, but we've, we brought in talent that has elevated that. And I think David finally sees, um, you know, what the possibility is, but I think that, you know, it's, it's really, I mean, it's, it, it's one of the greatest things to be a part of something that, you know, it's, it's just trying to hang on by a thread and you're trying to, to convince people, listen, this is a really great product, and to see the evolution of it and then to see what the, what the women's organizations have done within the men's organizations and um, how it's grown. And then, you know, we had the first all-women's pay-per-view back in 1999, yep. and then you have you know, what, what WWE has done and how impact has now evolved the women's division and AEW and, and everybody else. It really is, um, it's exciting to watch and I welcome all the competition. I think what we offer and the product that we have is so different from everything else. I think it's far more story driven, storyline driven. Um, the production value I think is, is, far above what any of them are doing right now. Um, you just, you really get, at, you are forced to watch it week after week after week. And like with WWE or any of the other companies, you could miss a week and pick up and be fine. You can't do that with well. You've got to watch it week in and week out. Yeah, so it's, it's, you know, it's really great. Yeah, Eight o'clock Saturday nights and access television. Have you guys, are you guys still taping the second season? Uh, what, like what's that process? So we just finished taping the second season. So we did the first 12 episodes we taped in May. Mm-hmm. And then we taped the back half of the 24 episodes in September. So right now we're on episode, oh my goodness, I want to say episode seven or eight um, of those 24 episodes. Um, so this week is, is going to be exciting. And then um, so last week was my uh, rematch against the Beast. Mm-hmm. in which then now I am the number one contender now to face Tessa Blanchard for the championship belt. So everybody's got to tune in and uh, see what happens for that. Is, well, speaking of Tessa Blanchard, and you got, and you got, I know you got Roddy Piper's daughter that's now involved, and while well, we've had her on the show too, uh, is there some dream matches that you that you have or that you want to see with somebody that is in WoW or somebody that's like you want to see in WoW down the road? You know, I don't know as far as who I would like to see see um and i think the 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 women that we currently have are great i would like to see some i would like to see some of the women that we do have become a you know bigger storylines um and kind of move up the ranks i think we have some unbelievable talent that um you will see start to emerge uh over the next few weeks um i would love i mean i i God, I've, you know, especially when we first started back in 1999, I think I wrestled almost every single woman that we had in the locker room, um, which is great for me. And, you know, there's no one that I wouldn't want to see in the ring. Um, So the more people I have, I mean, you know, obviously when I win the championship belt and beat Tessa, um, everyone's going to want to wrestle me. Yeah. And I welcome the challenge. <laughs> you got a target on your back now. I will have a target on my back, no doubt. But that's all right. 
because, you know, you got to be a fighting champion. And, and uh, bottom line is, you know, anybody that's not doing this, you know, for the, for the sole purpose of winning is in the wrong business. Yep. Well, Jungle Girl, thank you so much. Happy birthday, by the way. Hey, thank you very much. Yes, Halloween baby doesn't explain anything, but thank you very much. <laughs> she was great. She's a pro. She's. I, I'm. I'm mad. I wasn't here for that. I, I was. Yeah. I was under the weather. I unfortunately had a kidney infection, which. Oh. Rough. Let me tell you, yeah, I couldn't sit yeah. up straight. That was uh, that was bad. Did you get kicked by Farouk? I did. How did you know? Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> that's a, a, that's a 23-year-old Ahmed Johnson reference. It is. Good for you. I got it, though. I got it. Um, in any event, that's it for this week, episode 122 yeah. of Eat Sleep Podcast. Next week, I guess we're going to give you a preview of um, AW, AW uh, Full uh, Gear. That we dissect uh, Seth Rollins' problems, maybe. I don't uh, know. We'll see. What, I, we're going to have to see follow-up is what we're going to have to see and yeah, see what happens yeah. at this point. Yeah, uh, and we'll see who shows up to SmackDown. We'll see who shows up to SmackDown. <laughs> so in the meantime, just remember, you can find us Facebook.com slash ESPR99 on the Twitter at ESPR99 or email us ESPR at FM99.com. And, of course, go to your major podcasting apps and search ESPR Wrestling. Subscribe, five-star rating and review. Thank you so much. We love you. We love you. We love you whenever you guys help us out like that. Oh, but we had comments, by the way. Um, oh, I, we had comments that Dave forgot about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, on... Um, so back to the crown jewel. Yes. Um, so Jeffrey Dietz, uh, first of all, he thought we were going to ignore the uh, show, but we have talked about him in the past. I was going to say, they're in our history. Like, we, what are you talking yeah, about, yeah. Jeffrey? Yeah. Uh, he said the show wasn't bad. Both Kane and Fury's matches were underwhelming. Yes. yes. Uh, but most of the matches were kind of ha-ha, nothing, though. Uh, but he did, he did I love how call the most crowd. Of them, Haha. I mean, yeah. Most of them were just there. Uh, most, uh, he did love how the Saudi crowd cheered for Luke Harper. He, he says, um, very big win for WWE for the women's match. Yeah, agreed. Um, in, in that regard. And then the chance during uh, Lacey uh, Evans' uh, moonsault. Uh, one guy doesn't watch the uh, Saudi events, which yes. actually I almost don't blame him. Is that him James? Yeah. Yeah, that was James. And I you know, I don't I don't blame him for that necessarily. First of all, they're not even usually that good. And secondly, I don't blame you for other reasons that we're not going to get into on this show. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's uh, and I got some you know responses online when I was talking about the matches as they were happening. Some people seem to share some sentiments. The dumb red lighting seems to be something people are angry about. Everybody seemed pretty psyched about the fiend winning. Yeah, uh, that well, I interacted it, it with on sense, Twitter because is is it's damage control for his character. Yeah, and then uh, another sentiment seemed to be about the women. The, the I think that got the most response was that the yeah. the women's match was the response there that was from the crowd and yeah, seeing the yeah. emotion. So. So, yeah, again, please interact with us. I throw out all our social media numerous times. If you don't believe me, go back about a minute and a half and listen to it. Uh, Until next time, remember, uh, eat, sleep, podcast, and repeat.